Yo Pots. Check out Meet Mitch and Leawood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission and Ranch Martin North Shopping Center. The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City, live in studio on this. Is it still a Victory Friday? Still a Red Friday? I guess not Victory Monday. It's Victory Monday, Red Friday. So today would still be a Red Friday, correct? I guess. How's that work? We're not playing in the Pro Bowl, so. Uh, ooh. It's Red Friday if we were in the Pro Bowl. Good Someone point. said that earlier. So That's a good take, point. I will not take credit. Now I'm going to give you credit. Dylan Michaels, TM. Trademark. Dylan, how are you, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. It's a great day. Like, when you walk outside, you just feel good. Like, when I walked outside, I was like those, um... Do you watch, like, South Park ever? You know when Randy, and he gets to smoke his medical marijuana? One of the earlier on episodes, right? And he's just laughing and smiling, bouncing around on his, on his hippity hop, which we know what those actually were. In the, that's what I feel like outside today. I, I just feel so good. I'm high on life. Like, seriously, you, you walk outside, and it's February 2nd, and it's 65. I'm wearing a T-shirt. I got my Fritz's shirt on right here. You can't see it, actually, because uh, we got a chair in the way. Um, you go to Fritz's, the burger, the burger spot with the trains? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where I used to go as a kid. You have the, to go. The one in uh, KCK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crown Center's fine. KCK, I'm sure those grills, whatever they cook them on, have not been changed since forever. So you, they have that. They're uh, seasoned, if you will. You ever seen Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay? Oh, I, and they wh- just like go to the crevices that no one has ever really yeah tried. yeah but but what they're doing is they're taking away the flavor okay i get it might be gross they're taking away the flavor no i'm sure they have very clean kitchen i'm, I'm just saying i love fritz's though man like the, the one in kck I, I used to go to as a kid all the time i went back not that long ago and still as good as ever with the gin air you know, I think that's what I get, the Gin Air, the one where they put the, uh, it's like the two double cheeseburger with, uh, is it hash browns? I think it's hash browns on it. Oh, man. It gets you going. Makes you feel some type of way with some onion rings. They bring it to you on a train. I haven't eaten all day, so this is really. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I am sorry. As a guy who loves trains, too, as a kid and, and now, like, by the way, I'm, I'm totally build trains all around America, and I would ride them all the time. Like, that's me. I'm going to set up a train set in my basement. I have all these old Marklin German trains. I, I keep them. My uncle and I, we, we love trains. And he was uh, part German, obviously, his, parents, or his mom and dad were. But he's, so we have these Marklin, which is a German company. It's a big train guy, more of the story. So that and Fritz's, the, the combination as a child and now, still brings me joy. Last show of, uh, obviously, this week. No show next week. I will be in Vegas, uh, Radio Row, covering the Super Bowl. So I'll be sending back a whole bunch of audio to you, Dylan, as well as to Kyle. Um, We'll be having some fun. A lot of great interviews. Today we're going to listen to the interview I did and sat down with Kay Adams. Kay Adams, always great. I don't know why everyone thinks she's like a Chiefs hater. She actually was like, worked for the Chiefs a long time ago. Um... Not sure why she's gotten the uh, Chiefs hater moniker. 
Uh, she's not, but uh, that interview was a lot of fun. I interviewed Max Crosby actually yesterday. Now, Max Crosby was very interesting. That'll get played for you guys next week. Um, Max Crosby has a fun rivalry and relationship with Mahomes. I asked about it, and his response was um, glowing. Basically, we're both alphas, and Mahomes knows. <laughs> we might be cool off the field, but on the field, he knows I'm trying to take his head off. Max Crosby is the perfect Raider, yet also a guy that I want on the Chiefs. Like, if, if you could tell me right now there's one guy in the NFL you could, you could have be a Kansas City Chief, I think it would be Max Crosby. It's a good question. Dylan, if you could have one guy in the NFL right now to be a Chief, who would it be? Man, that's tough. It doesn't even have to be a position of need, just a player that you're like, dude, I love that guy. Like, for me, I think it is Max Crosby. Yeah, putting me on the spot, it, it, it would be either him um, or Devontae Adams, both same team. Sure. So, The thing with Crosby, too, is he played the most amount of snaps of any defensive edge. He's got a motor. And he, I, I asked him, because our, our meeting or our interview was supposed to be on Tuesday. He had to push it back to Thursday, because you know why? He was getting hand surgery. Like... How interesting is it that a guy can be that good, that effective, on the field that much, who, by the way, he just got hand surgery after getting knee surgery right when the season ended? Like, I don't know if we always understand the physical toll it takes on NFL players. Like, again, we understand the obvious ones, right? We understand when a guy gets a torn ACL. We understand immediately what that means for Charles Amenahu. But you don't always understand the... Um, season ends, the injuries dudes were playing to and the amount of cleanup surgeries you have to go through just to get ready for next year. So I thought that was fascinating that Max Crosby went the entire year basically going through a hand injury as well as a knee injury. And he does not want your pity. Dylan, you know how some guys are like, yeah, you know, like it sucks. He was like, no, we asked for this. Like the most like football player thing of all time, I you know Max, how's your uh, the injuries going, dude? We asked for this. This is what football players do. We get paid a lot of money to play this. Injuries are part of the game, and I'm like, what a great viewpoint to have. There's no pouting. There's no like, oh this. Uh, it's no man. It's football. This happens. We we chose this life. That was pretty interesting. So, uh, you'll hear that interview of Max Crosby later next week on Sports Radio 810. And you'll also be able to check that out on Stacking the Box. Or if you want to check it out on my Twitter account, it is there as well at Homestretch KC. Some news around the NFL Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs, in his first comments since the team uh, was uh, bumped out of the playoffs, he expressed a little bit of uncertainty about his future in Buffalo. Um, Stefan Diggs, obviously, in this weekend's Pro Bowl games down there in Orlando. Um, he was asked about his future in Buffalo, and I think you'd probably agree this is more or less noncommittal. Uh, he says, I feel like I take it day by day. Obviously, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of things going on. I can't really put the carriage before the horse. You know what I'm saying? I got a great offseason in front of me to put a lot of work in and kind of build around what we got and what we're doing. I can't tell you what the future holds, but I'm still being me. What do you think there, Dylan? Sound like a dude who's, uh... (laughs) Sounds like Stefan Diggs, man. 
Yeah, that's the most unsurprising thing. Right when you started going into the quote or that you were going to go to the quote, I kind of just tuned it out because I, I kind of knew what was You know what it's going to say. He, he goes on to say, um, when asked if he's ready to move forward with the Bills, he replied, I'm ready to go no matter which way it goes. Again, we know Stefan Diggs. We know how he operates. This is a guy who he wants to win. That's been the most important thing for him, it seems like, in his career. Um, quite frankly, he's been on the second or third best team in the AFC since he got to Buffalo, right? He's been on a good team. The issue is they just can't seemingly get over the hump, and that has stirred some unrest. Now, I have nothing negative to say about Stephon Diggs, right? Like, Dylan, when you hear Stephon Diggs, it does seem to me he comes from a place of wanting to win, right? Like, it doesn't come from when he's talking about not knowing about the Bills. It's not like he's bashing the organization. He's not bashing the team. But I do have a lot of respect for Stefan. It does seemingly come from a spot of, hey, man, I know the time in the NFL is finite. Now I'm paraphrasing here. But he wants to win. That's always been a thing. Remember when he was in Minnesota, right? In Minnesota, they were fine. They weren't great. He wants to win. Now, I'm not saying that means he's coming to Kansas City by any means, but this has been a guy who seemingly has been perpetually unhappy. And maybe that's just what it looks like on the outside, and maybe he's the happiest dude on the inside. But from the outside looking in, it seems like every time his season ends, it's a reflection of what went wrong and how do you get to the pinnacle? Now, I get every guy, every team wants those dudes. But when he is seemingly always, again, seemingly always unhappy about coming in second or third in the AFC, you wonder where he goes from here. Uh, I want Stephon Diggs. I'll say it. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll be brave enough. I'll say it. <laughs> If you could give me him, like any of those wide receiver one type guys, he would have to be at the top of the list. I will say, though, his second half of the season should scare you, should scare him. If he's going to hit the free agent market and if he's going to want to get out, his his market kind of cratered. Now, he'll still be labeled as a wide receiver one. Like, let, let me pull the numbers for you for the full season. Full season, Stephon Diggs. He still went over a K, I'm pretty sure. And they don't look bad. He went for, yeah, 1,100 yards, 1,183, eight touchdowns. You're sitting here going, not bad, right? Pretty good season. But second half of the year on, uh, yikes. I mean, Dylan, would you be a little nervous if you were to give wide receiver one money to a guy who, while the numbers might scream that, he did not have a game over 100 yards receiving since... What's that? Week one, two, three, four, five. Week six? No, I would never have thought that. Although they did allude to it, but I, I had no idea until they started talking about it the week we played them. Yeah. Now, again, part of that was they focused more on running the football, getting their tight end, especially Dalton Kincaid involved, right, and James Cook. So you'd expect a little dip in the numbers, but also you'd expect to see a little bit more one-on-ones, right? I mean, he still had some games with 8 targets, 11 targets, 11 targets, 12, 12, um, 8, 7, 8, 9, 8. I mean, like, it's not like he's not getting looks. His catch percentage was going down, obviously. His yards per reception, for the most part, were going down. Um, 
I don't know if you look at that as a player on the decline, right? He's now 30 years old, or a guy who was not as as involved because of, again, a little more 12 personnel and running the football for the Bills. If you're the Bills, too, by the way, wouldn't you also take this as a case of, hey, you know, we started winning games when you were not the focal point. Now, he was a big reason why maybe it worked and guys got open, right? Some one-on-ones for other guys. But wouldn't you make the case if you're a, if you're the Buffalo Bills that, hey, dude, we won more games when we stopped making you and force-feeding you the ball. I just think it's an interesting storyline. Again, uh, that's obviously off-season talk, but I wanted to bring it up because, again, we're going to be talking so much Super Bowl stuff. you got to cut me some slack here, Dylan. I can only talk about the Chiefs Niners so much. I know. Honestly, I was, I was thinking we weren't doing a show because it was almost just like we have talked about it. We haven't really had a show, but there's just so much you can only talk about. And then you have to wait for the week of because it's still Pro Bowl. It's still other teams' seasons ending, so you're getting clips and quotes out of that. Oh, yeah. More so than, you know, anything Chiefs-related, except for when the 49ers just can't get out of their own way in press conferences. Dude, what is Nick Bosa doing? I don't know. What is he really doing? You really don't have to say anything this week. Nick Bosa is still salty about four years ago, a potential hold that apparently wasn't even close to being a hold on 3rd and 15. And Jed. What was that? And Jed York. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, right? Like, it's weird. I, I, I find it extremely... You already lost. If you're going right now to talk about a hold four years ago, and that's the reason you lost that game by 11 points, or was it? No. 23-30? Seven points, right? No, what was the final score of that game? 23-31. Are you talking about Niners-Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl? 31-20, right? I am, how am I drawing a blank? Sorry, the Chiefs have been so successful. 31, yeah, 31-20. <laughs> you're right. And they were down, and like, that's the reason you choked away that game? Like, Bosa is just being an absolute bum. I mean, it's befuddling. He's pissed off the Chiefs every time they play the 49ers. They they take Bosa out of the game plan. Every time they play the 49ers, they go, we are going to run at you, we're going to run away from you, and you will not be able to get any sort of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. So Bosa gets frustrated. I get that. But in a press conference, that is your answer. After, of course, you, you hear what Travis Kelsey said about playing the Niners and George Kittle? Oh, he's glowing. Just glowing reviews, talking about, oh, I love going up against him. He's my guy, like, great player over there. And then you ha- ask Bose about your thoughts like about going against Kansas City. Well, you know they hold. Really, guy? Really? I think someone's feeling themselves a little much after his last press conference where he may or may not have called Jalen Hurts out and it ended up being true but then you do something like this I don't know I find it Charmin ultra soft mentally you've already lost again you're already coming up with with an excuse of why you're going to lose the game before the game starts that's what it sounds like to me this sounds like a well I tried telling you come on Bosa you're better than this Like, he's a great player on a great team. But you're already complained about the refs, and the refs haven't even called the game yet. Imagine if you heard that from Mahomes. Yeah, you know, got to watch out for uh, Javarius Ward. Might be holding out there. Like, you don't do that. Now, a head coach might. Like, if a head coach said, you know, 
we thought there may have been a few holds. Like, remember when Steve Spagnuolo against Miami uh, in Germany, before the Germany game, and Spagnuolo, I believe, was calling out Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and the receivers basically saying, you know, they do love their motions, and hopefully they they don't get going uphill before the ball is snapped. Remember that? That's fine. If, if you're a coach, you you are able to bring to light things that you see before the game, and then hopefully you can use that so the refs know, and they, they know what you're trying to look out for. Before games, coaches always, you remember in high school, right? I remember being as a player. Dylan, you played basketball, right? Yeah. You remember if you were getting Poorly, ahead, but yeah. Yeah, sure. But my like in high school, you, you know a guy holds you a little bit, like pulls the jersey. You would tell a ref, hey, I know you didn't see it. Just try and look for that if you wouldn't mind next time, right? It's the same thing. But you don't do it as a player before the game. You don't do it as a player when you have a platform before the game, before the Super Bowl. That, that's loser mentality. Yeah. Which is uh, wild. Like, you're setting yourself up to already piss off the official that's going to be officiating because it's. It's not like it's the it's the same official. Same so you're guy. not taking shots at some guy that's not going to be out on the field there. You're actually taking shots at a dude who was on the field during that time. I, that's where that's where I feel like they may have overstepped in their. Mm-hmm. You're right. Everyone thinks that hey, if we call it out before the game, they're going to really be looking at it. Oh yeah, until Brock Purdy throws the game winner, and guess what? There's a flag because your guy yeah, was holding. Because because it you works both it ways. Yeah, of course. But when Trent Williams had five it, holding penalties this year, right? He, I mean, yeah. it's not like he's not. I love Trent Williams, great left tackle. He can get penalized. He's been a relatively heavily heavily penalized player. Yeah, I I agree. Going back very quickly to Max Crosby, and again, why I found this interview with him so fascinating, which we might actually have to. I realized when we play the interview, we might have to bleep out a couple words because I just thought about that. Uh, we're not playing it today. That'll that'll be next week. But, uh, well, he said the S word. Can you say the S word on air? You can't? Okay. Nah. I didn't think so. On ESPN, you can. Not here. Yeah. Um, From 11 Central to 1. Because he, he said it. I, I asked him about Justin Tucker, right? I said, you know as well as anyone the rivalry with Mahomes, right? So you know what does and does not get him going. When Justin Tucker did that, did you know right away that this was over, that was a bad move? And he was basically like, I don't want to get into the ins and outs because I don't know. But he goes, there's two sides. And at first I thought he was going to say there's two sides to each story. Because he goes, there's two sides, the Ravens and the Chiefs. He goes, you don't go to the other side. So he wasn't trying to be like, be like uh, you know, it's 50-50. He goes, you don't do that. He goes, if Justin Tucker or another kicker or another player was trying to do that while I'm warming up on my side of the field, he goes, you better believe I'm doing the exact same bleep. He, he was basically just saying along the lines of, <laughs> if you're a kicker, by the way, don't warm up in front of uh, Max Crosby because he will. Uh... <laughs> at your gym, let's say at the gym, they said, okay, for some reason, you're going to work. Everyone that picks at number two, you can play basketball on this side of the court. Yep. Everyone that takes a one, you go over here. What do you think would happen? Everyone would be shooting everyone, but then there'd be people wanting to work on things, and everyone would do what? They would talk. Hey, what do you need? Do you need? Yep. Are you you got this basket? All right, I'm gonna go over here. It's we do it outside of you know professional sports. So how can you know how can anyone get on Justin Tucker's side in that situation? Yeah. The only reason you're doing that is again 
for some reason, our society has to have these one percenters that see everyone agreeing on something and say, you know what? I just don't agree with that. I want to be, I, I I be right. a contrarian for the sake of exactly. being a contrarian. So it seems like everyone that's ever played sports understands that before the game, yes, you might mix it up with the other team. You might even be in the same area. Sure. But you don't say, hey, what, what, what do you need? And then when they say, hey, I'm doing layups over here, man. I, I play high school basketball. Can you shoot over? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to go right where you're going to shoot layups, and I'm going to start just standing here doing nothing. Yeah. Basically. Like that is that was equivalent. what Justin Tucker was doing. And he knew it. And Max Crosby, I love his response. It was and great. guess what? If we lose that game, all the Ravens players are talking about how Justin Tucker Got in his head. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best kicker, and he's the toughest kicker, and nobody, you know, exactly. They got in his head. Like that's that's the you know, everyone wants to. What is it? Have their cake and eat it? I guess. Yeah. So you know, you can't have it that way. You can't just be like, oh, what a horrible saying. By the way, I never, I, I never understood that saying. Like, if you have a cake, why wouldn't you eat it? So what the saying is, people want to say, look at this cake I have. But they want to eat it too. So when you eat it, you can't say, "Hey, I have this cake." That's, mm. that's the saying. Like, you want to show off your cake and eat it. You can't have both. You can't eat the cake and then. What if you eat it. half the cake? That's half a cake. It's not a full cake. Oh, man, it's the British really messed that one up. I think they probably did. I mean, it's, I mean let's be real now. It's, it's the British. A long list. They, of things they, they messed, messed up breakfast. Up, yeah. You know, countries, spices. <laughs> Good, Dylan. Yeah, the Queen's very well, you know, represented outside of England. We found out. Yeah, yeah you know, that day when rest in peace, she she passed. <laughs> and a lot of countries seem to have a different sentiment than England did. <laughs> Dang, Dylan! I didn't know I you didn't were gonna say have so, some, my uh, sentiment. Some British royal. Long live the Queen. Take. I'm just saying. Okay, other Sex Pistols. Other countries had different opinions. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, all right, man. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll play the interview I did with Kay Adams. A lot of fun talking with her. Man, I, I love Kay Adams. She's so bubbly, knowledgeable. Uh, she'll get on your case. Uh, you'll hear she got on mine when I bring up the Chiefs being the villains. She does not want to hear that. She is... Uh, Why? It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, like you'll hear. It's interesting. She uh, She likes the Chiefs, obviously. But I think, like everyone else, at some point, you're like, stop complaining about being the villains. Own it. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with that. I, I, I do, too. I was saying if she didn't want to be the villain or no, wanted, no, 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 didn't no. want us to be called the villains. No. Well, it's far past that. Far well past, past that. that. We'll take a break. Come back. Kay Adams up next. Jordan Holmes with Fansided, joined now by the host of the Up and Adams show and betting superstar, Kay Adams. Kay, how are you? I'm amazing. I can't believe the Super Bowl is here, and I can't believe it's the Chiefs and the Niners. <laughs> I will say this, too, to everyone listening. Fans can tune in and see Kay Adams as the host of this year's PNG Battle of the Paddles, streaming live from Las Vegas on Overtime Season, YouTube channel beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, February 7th. Tell us more about this, Kay. Okay. It's going to be so much fun. So it happened last year for the very first time. P&G, you know, your favorite brands, they're the official locker room products of the NFL. So your Gillette's, Tide, Old Spice, Head and Shoulders, they bring together eight wild 
superstars and they put them in a table tennis tournament and there's trash talking. This is going on for like weeks before the event happens. So it's happening right now. And it's a, like you gave the date, you gave where to watch it. It's on overtime seasons, YouTube page live. I'll be there. Um, I don't even know, keeping people apart from each other or like stirring the pot. You tell me Sterling what you think I should do, but there's a chance for some serious bragging rights here. We both know how important that table tennis is in NFL locker rooms across the league and now eight of the best are going to get to play and then all the fans get to watch i can tell you trevor lawrence will be there saquon Barkley is so competitive he's going to be there jamal williams who i love is going to play as well and there's actually going to be eight players i'll tell you some more of them um as we head towards the event but trent taylor won last year he's so good at table tennis and he will be there as well defending his crown how's your game you pretty good uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's why you're hosting. I'm I'm hosting. That's that's I know my lane, my friend. They're going to come over and talk to me. I'm going to get the soundbite, get it out there, make some news uh, and, and really enjoy it and maybe take some notes or a lesson or two. Mm. Uh, when you look at how the Chiefs got into the Super Bowl, I sit back and wonder, have we been getting punked? Like, I feel bamboozled. <laughs> it's hoodwinked. Like they just all of a sudden turn it on once the playoffs come around. Were they hustling the NFL? Do they have this little secondary gear where the regular season doesn't mean the most to them? Because this is a complete 180. So on Up and Adams, Gronk joins me every Wednesday. We call it Gronk Day. And this one was special because we were together. This is just this week. And he was off no sleep. He took an overnight flight to New York to meet me. Long story short, he was, you know, loosey-goosey. But when someone's loosey-goosey, they're more honest. And his take was, I think that they're, it's like being a really smart kid in class and getting bad grades because you're bored. You need to be challenged. And he thought that maybe the Chiefs team, and I don't know if he might be speaking from his Patriots experience or whatever that was, but uh, what that might have looked like. But he, see, he's theory seems to be and it's interesting that maybe this team and we have seen over the years they play down to poor competition they let bad teams hang around in these weird one score games perennially that maybe they weren't challenged enough and then they rose to the occasion I would just say that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid adjust better than anyone and or as well as anybody ever has and they were able to uh, find ways to make it make the game more manageable and limit those turnovers. And it might just be as simple as that. And it sounds simple, but I mean, Sterling for Patrick Mahomes, who can put it all on his shoulders to not have to do that, to let his defense carry him, to let the game come to him, to just protect the ball for him to admit I'm Alex Smithing this, I'm managing the game can't be easy from a, from a discipline perspective. He was able to do it. Lamar Jackson was not. And here they are. Yeah, because that's what I was taking away in that second half. It was a guy who goes, I'm going to reel it back in. The only chance the Ravens have of winning this game is if I make a turnover, if I make a mistake. Oh. And all these people, I feel like, are, are getting on Mahomes for the second half and the, the, the lack of numbers, if you will. But I think it was an actual effort they made to say, we're going to run the clock out. Lamar ain't making the plays and will win the game. And it almost gave me, as a Chiefs guy now, way more respect for Tom Brady. It gave me more respect for Tom Brady when I'm sitting here going, check down. It's check down. But then I'm sitting back going, well, that wins games. You don't always have to make the phenomenal play. Make the smart play. 
Well, the problem is when you have to put too much on your shoulders, then you become Lamar Jackson. When they abandon the run and they force him to put more on his plate, that's when things go badly. Think about all the greats that we've listened to. You mentioned Tom Brady. I'm talking about the Jeters, the goats in our game. When they talk about greatness, they mention doing consistently what I've done over and over again, even when the clock's running out, the scoreboard's going crazy, whatever. It's just being this, reeling it in, right? That's what the greatest in the game do. Patrick has honed in on this. It can't be easy because he knows he can do more. He can no look the blank out of it whenever he wants to. He's not doing that. But you can also only do that when you have great coaching uh, like Spags has done with that defense. And, of course, really what Andy's done with Pacheco and what this whole team's done. Can I tell you the wildest thing about this one? I would love to. Just that Patrick, it sounds dumb. Patrick's the highest paid quarterback. So we're talking about the differences between him and Tom. Tom had a whole salary cap vibe going on. Somehow this team with Patrick Veach deserves credit here because of the draft picks, like Sneed, the fifth rounder, all of that. Like to have the highest paid quarterback, you can't win if you pay great. Yes, you can. Patrick is showing you, you can win. You can get to the Super Bowl with the highest paid quarterback. How? You got to hit on everything else. And they're doing it. And that should be celebrated leading into the Super Bowl as well. Both teams did it different ways. Look at the Niners. The Niners, they had built their whole thing around Trey Lance, wanted it to work out. They, it, they Both squads did it differently. There's different ways, but both should be celebrated leading into Super Bowl 58 fireworks. Yeah, and then going with Mr. Irre- uh, Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, this is the hot topic all season long. Is people either think he's elite or he's horrendous. There's no no one that thinks he's just good. I feel like I'm just sitting here in no man's land. I liken it to Dave Matthews Band, right? You ever listen to people who talk about Dave Matthews Band? It's either that's the greatest band of all time, or I can't stand him. That's, that's Brock Purdy. So where do you land on this whole Brock Purdy situation? Is he elite? Is he good? Is it carried by all of his weapons? More more polarizing. Taylor Swift or Brock Purdy? Mm, it's tough. I don't know. I just thought I'd ask that since you're bringing up Dave Matthews Band and um, celery and blue cheese and other things people either hate or, or love uh, or salon. Blue cheese, by the way. Blue blue cheese, by the way. Okay, Kansas City, you just lost me. Um, I will say, you know, with with Brock, I don't know. I'm I'm just never that sort of. I'm not going to put my my hands down and say, you know, we, 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 that we don't, we don't know yet, right. We don't know what Brock Purdy is other than the fact that he, I mean, he has to get off to a hot start. That's not going to fly against this chiefs team. Like the question about the, can the chiefs put up points? They keep, they can, I think we can all agree. Patrick's going to find a way with his 25 year old, all of a sudden tight end again, uh, Travis Kelsey, they're going to find ways to put up points. Uh, he's going to have to execute out the gate. Uh, I come out with, he's a great football player. He's made some incredible plays, incredible throws you can point to. The game management of all of it, the Kyle Shanahan of all of it. Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, when it count when it, when when Brock needed to put it all on his shoulders and execute, he did. You can't take that away from him. You can't take the Super Bowl run away from him. Um and so I I I I don't play in that sandbox of of what is he, what needs to happen. Um I think it's a tremendous story. It's one that I don't understand why we couldn't all be excited and rooting for a guy taken and passed over by team after team after team, making teams look dumb the whole way through. Uh, and then he gets to take his squad to a Super Bowl. And I will tell you this, all that matters is not what you think, not what I think, not what anyone thinks. That locker room from somebody who talks to us, there's a star player, Debo Samuel, week in, week out, consistent as can be about his faith in that man. In that quarterback, what he can do, and he has shown them that by bringing them here. That's all we need to know.
when it comes to the Chiefs becoming the villains, this has been an interesting transformation because when they won the first Super Bowl against the 49ers, everyone was rooting for Kansas City. It was the level of bunch of guys who have not won a Super Bowl in 50 years. America was rallying behind Kansas City. It's the Midwest team. It's fun. It's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. But now we're five years removed, and it seems like everyone hates the Chiefs. They're tired of them. And now I understand. Are you everyone... not feel bad for you or something? No, 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 okay. No, no, but but like as far as them actually being villains, I understand the AFC because Tom Brady reigned for so long. He played until he was 45, and everyone thinks finally uh, everyone has a chance now. But the baton was passed directly from the Patriots to the Chiefs. The AFC has been run by Kansas City now, but they are the villains. They played the villain role against the Bills. They played the villain role against the Ravens. And it's seemingly they're leaning into this villain role against the 49ers. Do you think that they've handled this transformation well of the hero to the villain? I don't understand your question. Enjoy it, Kansas City. Quiet. Go eat your pickle meat. Enjoy your Joes. Go eat your Z-Man and be quiet. Enjoy that you're the newly crowned. Like, you don't think the Patriots got hate three Super Bowls in with Tom Brady? Of course they did. They became the villain overnight as well. That's just what it is. And you and you should laugh that all the way to the bank. You have your Lamar Hunt trophy. Kiss that thing and move it along. It's the same. Like this, this part I don't <laughs> understand. Are we saying we don't want it? Are we not okay with being the villain? Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm fine with it. I don't care either way. Let's enjoy it. Let's, uh, it's, it's how have they handled it. I don't know. Are they handling it? I don't, I, they, this, this chief's team has showed me this year that they can adjust. And I think that's something that might've been a question when it comes to turnovers, overcoming the receivers, Mahomes pressing, whatever it might be. There's none of the distraction dispelled, gone, cross the line through that one, delete that one, reboot. And here they are. Like that's the impressive thing is the consistency doing it as the highest paid quarterback is really impressive and being the villain, bring it on. You should be the villain. The Patriots were forever and it did nothing but drive them. Um, and I, by the way, noticed you did not mention the Bengals as a team that the chiefs have run over and taken care of in the AFC. Thank you, sir. No, you're correct. It was a half. It, it was a half. They they got the Chiefs. They got it done. Um, That's what I'm really excited for. I want a healthy Joe. None of this like Peyton Manning, uh, Brady, or Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like no, like Burrow, Burrow and Burrow and Mahomes. I think we got something. I want to hang my hat on that for years to come. Thank you. I think it's asinine when people leave Joe Burrow out of the conversation. He he yeah. is the one guy who's got it done against Mahomes in the playoffs. He deserves his flowers. As far as the most underrated storyline heading into the Super Bowl, I think it's Brock Purdy's legs. Brock Purdy is very underrated when it comes to making off-kilter plays, using his legs to pick up first downs. For you, though, what's the most underrated storyline? The scrambles are going to have to happen like he did. It was uh, unbelievable. Um, I would say, I don't know, like the the pass rush with four, like, you know, pe- people are complaining or have their things that they want to say about the trade for Chase Young and what that means, reunited with his college teammate, Nick Bosa, like they're going to have to really bring it in waves and, you know, deal with some fatigue. They lost Cleveland Farrell. So we have Chase Young out there for a lot of plays, a lot of reps um, in this AFC, uh, in the NFC championship game. Like he, I would like to see him make a play. Super Bowl champion Tory Smith says he's going to have a big game. They obviously come from the same area, um, you know, Washington. And then now he's playing, uh, playing in the Bay for 
a career defining thing for Chase Young, who who's one of the best players in the National Football League. So I think that's super interesting. And I do like uh, on the Niners side, just the Brandon Ayuk of it all. Uh, I think he's an underrated, unheralded wide receiver in the mix of so many superstars. So when he makes these big catches on Sunday, I loved seeing it. And I hope that there's more on the way for him. Do you have a score prediction right now? Or are you uh, holding that thing back? I'm, I haven't thought about it. I'm still, I'm still like, I'm freaking out about the fact that the Lions lost and the Ravens lost the way that they did. Like, I'm still like reeling. So probably not until Thursday or Friday. Uh, you know, defensive slugfest. The, the story about this Chiefs team is the defense. It's not. It's about discipline and control and like, uh, st- you know, keeping things, the turnovers at bay. But it's really about the deep, about what Spags is able to do and generate. And it's amazing with these, these I mean, th- this cornerback duo was the best in the league. And here they are. What a huge advantage to what's on the other side. And then just since you brought up Dan Campbell in defense, just letting you know, I will be defending anyone who slanders Anyone who slanders Dan Campbell on Twitter, I'm, I'm coming at you. Dan Campbell was aggressive all year long. There is a reason why his aggressiveness got them to the NFC Championship game. You got to die on that hill. I'm okay with it. Oh, no, Sterling, I couldn't disagree with you more. What are you talking about? Hey, hey, he got to the NFC Championship game by being aggressive. Why, what did those two have to do with each other? So you got there by being aggressive and then you just decide to like make a bad decision when you could be up three scores? The two the things. 48 are, yarder, it's not, it, you don't take the points. I don't, just because you, you know, I don't even know what the, I, I'll have to think of a metaphor. I'm too tired to think of one right now. Just because you, you, you do one thing over and over again and it, and it's, you know, doesn't mean that you, you can, you have to do it every time. You can be thoughtful about things. I like my favorite thing about Dan Campbell is that he sort of owned everything and said, this is going to be really hard to repeat and get back to. And he's bringing a, a, a realistic level set to the difficulty of this team getting back to where they were. But did he make the right? Did we all know he was going to do that? Yes. Does it mean it was the right decision? No. You know what the right decision is? Tuning in to see Kay Adams yeah. as the host of this year's PNG Battle of the Paddles. Again, streaming live from Las Vegas on Overtime Seasons YouTube channel beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, February 7th. Kay, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You have a brilliant broadcasting voice. This was a nice chat. Thanks, Sterling. Thank you. Bye. Who's walking down the street? Okay. What's down low? Oh, his feet make that sound. Okay. Are you ready? How annoying would, be, would that be if just every song you just had to do like the intro, like before and after each verse? I don't know if you've ever heard Will Ferrell. Uh, he was in the crowd one time when, uh, was it Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon? They're, they're both the same. They're a, a Jimmy was singing uh, Don't Stop Believing." And Will Ferrell, before every single verse, would would just say, um, you know, like, small town girl, who are we talking about? And then he would sing the, po- the, the part, well, surely there's not a boy 
small town. It's good. Really good. Look it up if you want to have a nice little chuckle. But it would also be very obnoxious if we did it for every single song. Uh, All right. Chiefs report that Joe Tooney and Charles Aminahu not expected to practice today. Everyone else should practice in some capacity. But I think the most interesting thing from today's um, practice is this. Matt Nagy says Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Toney looked good in practice Thursday. Says it's a day-to-day situation with him right now. Dave Tobe says Tony in the mix at returner if he's active as sixth receiver in the Super Bowl. Any thoughts there, Dylan? Just a big sigh, you know? Do you believe any of that, by the way? For, we'll no. start there. You, you don't believe it, do you? They're just trying to damage control, build up a human being, and yeah. make him, you know, not the center of the story every chance any reporter gets to ask about him next week so yep i think that is completely accurate i would be shocked and i mean shocked if Gadarius tony was active for the super bowl i know they said hey maybe he's in the mix at returner i know he's electric back there but Dylan, I don't know about you. I, I trust Richie James back there right now, man. Like, I, I trust him yeah. more than Tony. As much as I like Tony's return, man, I do think he's solid there. I trust James more. And I think James has some juice. Not quite the same juice that Tony has, but if we're going by trust factor, give me Richie. Um, I think this is damage control for Kadarius Tony. I don't think he's active. I don't think he plays a snap again for Kansas City. And quite frankly, I don't know if he plays another snap in the NFL. Like I, 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 I am. If you have the same thing happen for two teams, at some point, juice ain't worth the squeeze. Although I did get one of those new juicers, you know, for the the handheld lemon one. You know, I don't know if you like making hot lemon water with honey. I do. It helps your throat. You've been talking a lot. You know, make some hot honey. I'm the. I have a nice kettle. Just a little, 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 little glass ones. So you can see it boil. It's kind of fun. I know they say a watch pot never boils. Um... BS, you can watch it boil. Like, it's actually fun to watch. It's kind of cool. But I got those squeezers. So if you have one of those, then maybe it's worth the squeeze. But Kadarius Tony, I don't know, man. Kind of out on it. Um, my sources basically have told me that Joe Tooney is not going to play in the Super Bowl. Um, that's what I have. So Nick Allegretti's up again, man. Um, are you nervous at all about no Joe Tooney playing? In the Super Bowl, again, that's the likely trend right now. It's what I have on my end, but um, I know he's a tough dude. I know he's crazy, athletic, strong, um, mental and physical toughness, Joe Tooney. But if Nick Allegretti is a guy tabbed, how confident are you in his ability to get it done yet again, but this time again against another great defensive front? I think I'm confident. You know, two-game series or two-game stretch is not as – worrisome is like a half a season you know agreed and so, he has two weeks in between right like like it. now he also knows more you, you have more time to get prepared but you're not throwing at he should be healthy too that that's a big point like if you are a offensive lineman i get you obviously have two weeks now between games right but if you're an offensive lineman um you've been banged up all season long hands fingers knees ankles shins everything allegretti should have a lot less wear and tear he is relatively fresh Heading into the Super Bowl. That is a good thing. Again, full season, he ain't Joe Tooney. But if you can be 85% in one game, 
you're going to take that. Eric Armstead, very good. Javon Hargrave, very good. Um, why, why are you laughing? I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah, that's those are tough competition. Bosa and Chase Young, I mean, that's a pretty good four right there. Doesn't suck. Um, everyone I've talked to on the Niners side of things, they all have pointed to Chase Young being the game changer this game. They go, if Chase Young has himself a game, Niners are going to win. If Chase Young has been the Chase Young they've seen since he got there, a guy who has, what, what's that face? Uh, are you talking to people that have watched that one play where basically every 49er fan and person within that organization is using to say they might even sit Chase Young because of the lack of effort? He's not sitting. I'm saying that there was a report that they yeah. are contemplating, which I think was more of like, hey, I'm talking to the team through the media. Yes. Have you seen the play I'm talking about? Well, that's about? what I was bringing up. Oh, okay, yeah. My, my, the, the point I'm bringing up is they either say if he gives it his all, because he's going to be one-on-one. Because the Chiefs are going to be doubling. It's not the pass rushing that they're worried about. It's the commitment to the run game. He does not care. He, he, he both said to be honest. You can I would run say it, he doesn't care. But you can run against this Niners yes. front. Yes. You can run against this Niners front. That's yeah, the moral like of the story. It's not like the 19. 19 Niners front, I would say better? Would you? I don't even oh, know Oh, 100% how. better. Because DeForest Buckner, That's too. That's right. Yep. DeForest Buckner was the, was. was the X factor. He, yes. was, he was great. Yes. He was, he was really good. Yeah. Um, he gets their hair earlier on the third and fifteen wasp play. It's over. Yep. So, but so I'm sitting here going, you can run against these guys, but all the Niners people I've talked to for the most part is you have to have Chase Young get a lot of pressure, and he has to show some heart. You can't take plays off. Um, he wants to get paid, obviously, so you wouldn't assume he would. But again, they're sitting here going, you got traded to this team, and you still are showing lack of effort on run plays, and you're trying to get paid. It's not a good look, man. Um, maybe it's stamina related. You know, it, it might not be as much hustle and more stamina. But again, that's what I've gathered from all the Niners folk that I have talked to. Is Chase Young will probably be the X factor for him, and that is a. Uh, they're all scared about that. Quite frankly, they're all scared that that's the X factor. That's where you were going. Yeah, I just need to let you finish. No, you're good because point. They, well, they they trust Fred Warner, they trust Dre right. Greenlaw, they trust Bosa, Javon, and uh, Eric Armstead. They trust Javarius Ward, All Pro. They trust Lenore, um, who's been filling in. He's been the guy, I believe, filling in for uh, Hufanga, right? Yes. And who's? I, think. I don't know, because I thought Lenore was a corner. Maybe he's both. Maybe I, I, I'm drawn. That's crazy. They won't have Hufanga though. Yeah, that, that's a Great huge player. loss. That safety. Um, Maybe is Lenore on the other side of corner because then you have Ambry Thomas, who's been their their uh, slot nickel guy, who's been very bad. Um, Ambry Thomas is also the guy that they've said if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you probably pick on him. Um, he was PFF's worst graded cornerback for the Niners and for every team in the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts on Purdy? To, not to yeah just completely disregard what your point you're making, but like I hear all this stuff, I hear all these you know what we can do to beat them, but like. Are you a little worried that the way that we are feeling about playing Brock Purdy, or some of us at least, I'm a little, sure. I'm not overlooking him, is the way that Patriots fans felt when they were playing Eli and the Giants? That's a really good point. Like, I would love to ask a Patriots fan, like, how confident were you guys? Not the first one, because obviously the first one they probably were through the roof confident. I'm talking about the second one when they already yeah. been upset by the Giants. Because you talked to some of them. Like uh, Dave Portnoy always used to say, I when the Giants lost with Odell Beckham that year, he was uh, so happy because sure. it just looked like they were going to make their way up and be the Patriots' foe again. Sure. 
What do you think? I, I think it's a good point. Um, that's a really good call, honestly. Really good call. Brock Purdy is interesting. I think he's good. Like, I always laugh. I compare him to a Dave Matthews band where people either love him or hate him. There's very really that in-between. I'm in the in-between on both Dave Matthews band and Brock Purdy. I think he's good. I don't think he's elite. I think some of the analytics view him too favorably. I see what you're – by the way, I just picked up on your in-between – can, space between, Sorry, yeah. I should have said space well, between, well but... Uh, no, doesn't matter. Well done. Well, well, we can keep ants marching and keep this thing going forward. There we go. Only the hits. <laughs> Play the hits. Sorry you're crashing this segment here. I know. I suck. Rapunzel. I don't know how to throw that one in there. Yeah. I don't think you, you can. No. But we can two-step. See, it's a good I song. only knew one Dave Matthews band song. It's okay. It's all okay. these are I, again. I like them. I'm not head. going into the deep cuts. I'm not going into the crazy stuff here. Um, but again, I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. I think he's a better playmaker than people a lot of times give credit to. But he's nowhere near the playmaker that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are. Right? Both Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson both made absurd plays multiple times in those games. And the Chiefs' defense still held, especially against the Ravens. I mean, let's be real. Lamar made a couple great plays. It didn't really matter, right? Brock Purdy has to make two or three incredible plays. Like, if he wants to be a game manager that people want to give a label to, if he does that, they're going to lose. But if he can make those plays that you saw against the Packers, do you remember that throw he made on the run over two guys to George Kittle? 30-plus yard bomb. If he makes plays like that, He's going to have to. The, the Niners will have a great chance. But if he plays a more check-down role, I don't see the Niners making it. So Brock Purdy will have a lot of pressure on him. He has made those plays before, even if people don't want to admit it. But he's not done it against a defense like Kansas City. We saw what happened against the Ravens, baby. This is the home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Until next time, we are out.